Good day, everyone. Welcome to the CSU Relentless Gardener podcast. I am Colorado State University horticulture agent Linda Langelo, and joining me today is Dr. Tony Koski, CSU Extension Turfgrass Specialist from the Horticulture and Landscape Architect Department. Now let's get to the heart of it, where we're discussing issues on the best practices of turf renovation. Welcome, Tony. Great to be here. Thanks, Linda. Thanks for joining me. So what are some of the typical reasons for people to renovate the lawn? Uh, well, you know, it's kind of like renovating your house, your kitchen or whatever. You, you might get tired of, you know, of, of the colors. You might want newer technology. And, and that's really what you get when you renovate a lawn is you're getting newer varieties, uh, maybe even newer species um, that people haven't had access to in the past. So. Um, you know, that, that, you know, maybe you're, maybe you're, the, the lawn is so old, you got you know, it's 20, 30, 40 years old, or even older, those varieties that were used back then, back then they were great here today. It's, you know, it's kind of like a 50 year old car versus one you buy these days. I mean, there's no comparison in the, in the technology and the same thing's true for the genetics of grasses. So, um, uh, a lawn is probably the last place you want what we call heirloom varieties. You know, heirlooms in the, the vegetable garden might be kind of fun to try, but uh, an heirloom lawn um, isn't isn't the easiest one to take care of. You know, it just doesn't have the disease resistance and the drought tolerance and those type of things. So, so you know, changing to newer species can really make lawn care easier. Uh, you can get a better quality lawn a lot of times with fewer inputs. So. Um, so there are a lot of, a lot of good reasons for doing it, uh, or you might just have a, a lot of damage like we experienced from, from this last winter. Uh, if a good portion of your lawn gets damaged by the winter, um, it, it could be a time when you say, okay, let's just start over again and maybe put a different species in, maybe something that's going to use a lot less water, whatever the case. So, um, you know, it, it's, it's the optimistic outlook when part of your lawn has been killed. Okay this is an opportunity to try something different. So, so those, those are the, the, the usual reasons, um, or it might've been, maybe you got a lot of settling at when that lawn was first uh, installed and it's uneven and bumpy, and high spots and low spots. And you know, some people do it for different reasons, but uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, renovation can lead to a good outcome if you, if you take the time to analyze the situation, put the right grass in the right place. That's, a, that's what we always talk about in horticulture, choose your plants wisely for the situation. Um, you know, it could be all the kids are gone and the dogs are gone and you don't need that really sturdy grass and maybe something a little prettier or, um, you know, all kinds of reasons that people do it, so. All good reasons and, and more efficient, you know, and sure, sure. Not, yeah, not, all good reasons. Yeah, and 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 not wasting resources too with newer varieties. So, so what's your opinion on which is more effective, power raking or aerating, or does it matter for the renovation process? Yes, for the yeah. renovation. Yeah. Well, one thing I think is really important if you want to do a, a true renovation, as to 
kind of kill off any existing weeds um, and turf grasses. Because um, otherwise the end product may not be, at least aesthetically, um, as good as it could be. Um, uh, plus, you know, it is that opportunity. If you have quack grass, if you have Bermuda grass or thistle or bindweed, get rid of those really tough weeds and kind of start with a clean, a clean slate, a clean canvas, um, and then put that new, that new grass in. Again, what, maybe you're sodding, maybe you're seeding, whatever the case might be. But certainly if you're gonna be seeding, you want to seed into an area that doesn't have competition. Um, so you wanna kill the existing grass off, the existing weeds. Um, and then, you know, the technique, um, you know, there's, there's quite a few different ways to get the same result in the end, but the real key is to get the seed into contact with the soil. So that could be you kill the lawn off, maybe you use Roundup or whatever means solarization, um, but you kill that existing turf. And I, I tell people, set your mower as low as it'll go, cut all that dead grass off, but there's no need to remove it with a side cutter. That's, that's some of the best soil in your lawn is what that grass has been growing in for you know, 20, 30, 40 years. That organic matter, that's, that's the best soil at the surface, so why cut it out and get rid of it? So uh, the key is to find a way to get the seed down into that good soil. So that could be mow it short, take off all that brown degree as much as you, as you, as you can, and then maybe, yeah, aerify, make lots and lots and lots of holes. And the seed that falls in those holes is what germinates the best. You'll get a little bit of grass germinating in between the holes, but if you can get those holes like two inches apart in every direction, uh, two inches, two inch spacing, um, they don't have to be really deep either. That's the thing, you know, one inch, maybe two at the most. So it's not real deep holes, but it's a lot of holes. That's what you want. Go out and seed at whatever the recommended rate for that grass is, you know, bluegrass, it's like three to five pounds per thousand square feet. Tall fescue, it's six to eight pounds. Uh, if you're doing buffalo grass, it's about three pounds of seed per thousand square feet. So you go and you spread the seed just with your fertilizer spreader. And then I would rake it or drag it, you know, uh, just rake it to get the seed into the holes. Then you add water and, and uh, you water and until uh, uh, you see the grass coming up and that might be three times a day watering. Then you see the grass comes up and then it might go to twice a day, then once a day, then once every other day as the grass gets more and more established. There's no perfect formula because grass is established at different rates. The species are different. The weather governs it. You know, the hotter it is, the faster the seed germinates. But then the hotter it is, the more you have to water. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's really paying attention to that, to that one. And even fertilizing a little bit during that seed establishment um, can be um, very effective. Um, you know, there's one exciting product and I like to recommend this to people, even though it is recommending a specific company and a product, I feel comfortable recommending it because there's nothing, no other company sells it. But the Scott's company has a, a product that's um, uh, fertilizer uh, plus herbicide for new seedings, they call it. And so this, this, this uh, product for new seeding, um, 
it's, it's, it contains a close to natural uh, chemical uh, that acts as a herbicide and it controls weeds in your new grass seeding without harming the grass seed itself. Um, so that's, that's a really cool product in that it fertilizes your new seeding. It controls the weeds in your new seeding, but it doesn't harm the grass in your new seedings. And, and the Scotts company is the only company that sells this product. So um, that can really help make the new lawn process uh, more fun, I guess, because you get fewer weeds. Um, and it really does speed the, uh, the establishment of the grass, that little extra bit of fertilizer. So, so that's Scott's product uh, for new, new lawns, new, new seedings. Is a, is a, it's, it's, a, it's a cool thing, the way it works and, and the fact that it's available to homeowners. So, well, that, um, sounds, that sounds like a great product to have. Yeah, yeah. And most, most of the garden centers I've been to, you know, the, the big boxes, so you might have to go to a Lowe's or Home Depot to get it, but I've seen some of our local garden centers and nurseries also have that. If they sell Scott's products, yeah. We've come a long way. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's kind of a miracle product in many ways. Um, one of the unique things about that, that product is when the weeds do come up, it turns them white. Um, and they just can't produce any chlorophyll, so they don't produce energy, so they die basically of starvation, if you will. Wow. Uh, whereas the grass continues to grow just fine. So it's a really cool, very nice niche uh, product. That is amazing. So the next time I reseed, I'll have to try it. Yeah, yeah. So what would you recommend to somebody who has some um, uh, excavation they need to have done or water line or sewage line removed and they after they're done they have to renovate the turf what would you recommend you know they've got all that subsoil or... yeah <clears throat> yeah yeah i mean it's it, 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 it's always messy and the, and the the outcome is tricky to it's tricky to make it all look good again you, it's uh, it's kind of like doing some plastic surgery on your lawn. Can you make it look like it did before? Um, and, and probably the biggest problem with that is even if it's a, a bluegrass lawn and you like patch those areas with bluegrass sod, the odds of getting the very same bluegrass that you planted that lawn to, it's like zero. It's not going to happen. The sod growers are constantly changing the, the, the bluegrass varieties. So, so it's probably never going to be a perfect match if you do sod. Um, probably also very unlikely doing it from seed. So, so what I recommend is if you have a bluegrass lawn, you probably should patch it with bluegrass. Um, tall fescue, do tall fescue. So, and you just do the best you can do. Um, and yeah, you that especially trenching brings up a lot of soil that's not so good and rocks and all kinds of crud. You know, grass is amazingly resilient. If you, if you give it enough water to get it started, it will grow in gravel, it'll grow in concrete. Um, I've got a project that I've put in these six simulated front yards 
and I've got a bucket of the soil and I, I show people what this grass is growing on and they don't believe that that is the soil beneath these lawns. They say there's no way. And it's, it looks more like gravel and road base um, than soil. And the grass is, the grass is fine. It's, it's, and it's remarkably drought resistant too. I'm right now pushing it to the limit as, with as little water as I can apply. And uh, I'm amazed at how far I can push it between waterings and it still looks good knowing what it's growing on. So, um, so as long as it can get its roots down there and there's some water holding capacity to the soil, you know, even if it's clay and clay holds a lot of water, it might have a lot of undesirable characteristics, but um, if the roots can grow into it um, and there's a little structure to that clay, um, it can it can do pretty well in even the, the worst clay soil. So I, I'd say your bigger concern is probably matching as closely as possible what's growing in your lawn. And then the other thing is kind of the pain of you've got these weird long strips. If it was a trench, you have to water these strips and how do you do that efficiently? when you're watering your lawn, most of your lawn one way, and then this 1% of your lawn, you have to irrigate it some other way. So a lot of times that's hand watering, or maybe you can do a little soaker hose, run it down to the trench, and and, and uh, those black soaker hoses, you might be able to water it that way more effectively, but um, it does get tricky. And, but you know, surprisingly, after a few years, everything kind of kind of melds together, and it's just kind of like a bad memory that you had that trench there sometimes you see it in the spring and maybe the fall when the, these grasses green up perhaps at a different rate come out of dormancy or go into dormancy but usually it starts to blend surprisingly well after a few years but yeah well it's a it's a necessary evil in some cases but you know you just have to be patient yeah 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 so are there any other tips about renovating lawns that you can think of to tell folks? No, I think it's just, uh, again, uh, you know, anytime you plant seed or anything, it's make sure your irrigation coverage is good because in our climate, poor coverage shows up. You get, if we go a week without rain, which is happening a lot now, um, you start to see the, 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 the coverage issues, the, the places where the sprinklers just aren't hitting. So, Sometimes you can adjust those by peddling with those sprinkler heads and adjusting things and putting different nozzles or whatever in, but sometimes the spacing is just too far apart uh, or your pressure has changed because of, you know, maybe you moved into a neighborhood, you were the first ones there and now there's a hundred new houses or 50 new houses and all of them are also taking water and all of a sudden you're poor, you, you had great coverage before and now you got poor coverage with your irrigation because there's not enough water to go around and the pressure is not not great. And so you, you just have to do as well as you can to fine tune that. And that might even mean putting a sprinkler and hose out there in some places and watering those uh, spots you know, specifically just to keep them uh, looking good, so. I know that's a problem here in Julesburg is the pressure it goes up and down and depending on usage and everything. And, and yep. yes, I, I have some hot spots that I have to water differently. And yeah, that can be extra, extra effort, but. That's it, what those little frog eye sprinklers are for. Exactly. A lot of, a lot of times they tend to be kind of roundish spots in your lawn. And, uh, those frog eyes are, 
pretty handy for those hotspots. They're great. They're absolutely great. They're lifesavers. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tony, for joining me today. And a thank you to the audience for listening. Tune in next time when we get to the heart of the matter on another horticultural topic. 